Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and today's episode tackles this compelling question. Why should we teach our kids about other world views? Oh, man, this is going to be a great question. I can just feel it. So a few weeks ago, I was tutoring a class at my homeschool co-op, and I was teaching the kids this, this definition of a concept that one of the kids didn't believe in. And honestly, I, I didn't believe in it either, at least not in the conventional sense. So the kid asks me, why do we need to learn this definition if we don't believe it? <laughs> and I said, that is a great question. Why indeed? That question applies to the topic of world views. Why do we as Christians want to teach our kids other world views if we don't believe them? Some might argue that we should just teach our kids about the principles of the Christian faith and ignore other world views and, and other faiths because, because we just want them to know the truth. So for the bulk of this podcast, I'm going to give you five reasons why we want to teach our kids other worldviews. And then in the next podcast, I'm going to give you a, a broad overview of some of the most prominent worldviews in existence today. So hopefully you and your kids can start recognizing them in our culture. But before we do that, I, I want to tell you a story that you can probably relate to that will set the stage for this topic. And before that, I think we need to define what a worldview is. We must always, always, always define our terms just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Now, you probably already know this, but a worldview, quite simply, is, is exactly what it sounds like. It is a person's view of the world. It's a person's philosophy of life or, or conception of reality. It is, it is the particular lens through which they view everything. Everything. Religion, politics, history, science, medicine, relationships, family, sex, gender, <laughs> you know, education, sports, entertainment, ethics. Oh, wow. Morality. I could go on and on, but I think you get the picture. Now, let me give you that analogy that sets the stage for our discussion today about why we need to teach other worldviews to our kids. My husband, Brian, and I have always made it a point to never, ever purchase something from a high-pressure salesman. We just we just don't do that. So this one time, it must have been, I don't know, like 10 years ago, we were in the market for a new water filtration system. We had, we had done some research into the water in our area, which was seriously polluted. And we really wanted something better than the pitcher that you just leave on your counter. So right around that time, we just happened to meet this guy who sold water filtration systems. So we invited him over and uh, asked him to tell us all about his product. So he, he comes over and he gave us what was just hands down. It was a phenomenal pitch. Seriously, this guy was 
awesome. We were convinced more than ever that we needed a new purification system. But then the guy proceeds with what was the kiss of death for the sale, at least for us, because he says, well, now, if you act now, today, you can get this entire system for the low, low price of, you know, I don't remember what, but it was much lower. But tomorrow, the price will go up to something like outrageous. Okay, so it wasn't quite that game show host cheesy, but that was the gist of what he said. And, you know, I just, I shook my head and I told the guy, oh, you know, man, you were, you were like on the five yard line. You were right there and you fumbled because you see, we are not the kind of consumers who are going to respond to that kind of sales tactic. We have made it a point throughout our entire married life, that whenever we are considering buying something and someone gives us this, act now and you will you will get this one-time price and, you know, throwing a set of Gensu knives, we walk away every time. And it's a shame because it looks like you have a really great product here that we would like to consider. But whenever we make a major purchase, we do our research, we we compare and contrast. I have been known, <laughs> I have been known to create Excel spreadsheets that I put in very large binders filled with lots of research. We find the best deal, and if someone's deal has an expiration date on it, then then that tells me that your company doesn't trust its product enough to appeal to an educated consumer, someone who has done their research, and you probably don't have the best deal out there. And if you aren't that confident in your product, we don't want it. So with that that sales guy and that water filtration system, we just walked away and, and we found another one, which was a lot less, by the way, and we, we absolutely love it. But here's the thing. Some ministers and some parents use that same kind of sales tactic with the Christian faith. This is how they present the faith to their kids. You you need to act now in order to to avoid hell and please God. And they they want their kids to make a decision right now and they hope that it will somehow stick for the next 60 or or 70 years and they won't have buyer's remorse. They're afraid that their kids are going to be be tempted by something false or fake. So they don't want their kids to examine any other faiths. They don't want them to explore other worldviews. Either that or they haven't really considered that this is their responsibility. They think, oh, well, the church will take care of that. They'll teach our kids everything they need to know spiritually. And they haven't taken the onus of helping their kids to solidify their spiritual foundation themselves. I think that either of those mentalities are really dangerous, especially now for for many reasons. I'm going to give you five. And don't forget, we will start breaking down those worldviews in the next episode. Okay, so reason number one why you want to teach your kids other worldviews. You don't want to mandate the Christian faith like a cult. You know, a few episodes ago, I, I told a story about a young woman named Angel, and her parents did just that. They mandated the Christian faith like a cult. It was this big list of do's and don'ts. And they, they wouldn't let her explore other ideas and other worldviews. And she left the faith. Now, look, if you have the truth, and you should believe that you do with the Christian worldview, otherwise you shouldn't believe it, then you need to be confident that it will withstand a rigorous inquiry. If our faith doesn't stand up to the false ideology of our day, if it doesn't stand up to other worldviews, then it either isn't true 
are we don't really know what we believe, at least not well enough. And consider this, the only belief systems that don't allow you to consider other ideas, other faiths, other worldviews are cults mm-hmm. and our culture. <laughs> yep, our culture does this as well all the time. There's one prescribed way of thinking and you better get on board with it or you will be canceled. That is how our culture operates now. There, there is no liberal exchange of thoughts and ideas. There is no true diversity. There is no rigorous inquiry. You must agree or you're going to be labeled something nasty. That is the MO of our culture. And you know what? <laughs> this totally cracks me up. I just noticed this the other day for like the first time. Maybe I'm slow. I don't know. But the word culture has the word cult in it. <laughs> it's right there. It's the first four letters. Is that a coincidence? Huh? Huh? I think not. No, no. Our culture has the word cult in it, and it acts like a cult. <laughs> Go figure. So what makes something a cult? Well, as we were saying, there's no diversity of thought, the lack of intellectual inquiry, the lack of freedom. And unfortunately, so, unfortunately, some people have taken the truths of Scripture and mandated them like a cult. And they have mandated the belief in the Christian God like a cult. We don't want to do that. We always want to preserve freedom. God is a God of freedom. The second you take that freedom away, you have misrepresented God and the Christian faith. That is so important. It's, I, I have to repeat that. It's so important. The second you take that freedom of choice away, the freedom to choose what you believe, you have misrepresented God and the Christian faith. Now, of course, our choices come with consequences, good ones and bad ones always. And we shouldn't take those consequences away either. That is God's design. But we must preserve the right for our children to choose what they believe. Let me remind you, if the Christian faith is true, and I believe it is with all of my heart and with all of my mind, then it will stand up to every challenge. And you want your kids to believe the Christian faith with all of their hearts and with all of their minds as well. Reason number two, why you want to teach your kids other world views. Your kids are going to learn other world views anyways. In a society that is so in your face, where you can learn about, about anything, about absolutely anything, at your fingertips, with a click of a mouse, your kids are going to get exposed to false ideology, false religion, and false world views, whether you want them to or not. We don't live in a little house on the prairie anymore. We haven't for a very, very long time. So wouldn't it be so much better if your kids got this exposure in your home, under your direction and your tutelage, so you could offer your ideas? Wouldn't it be best if their faith was challenged while they were still under your roof? Because their faith is going to get challenged, and that is a good thing. We want our kids' faith to be challenged. Resistance creates strength. Lack of resistance creates a wimpy, flabby faith. 
We got to know that our kids are going to be challenged far more than you and I ever experienced growing up because we live in a post-Christian culture now. We want our kids to have that expectation in life, to expect the challenge, and we want them to be prepared to meet it. We want them to embrace it. Reason number three why you want to teach your kids other worldviews. You don't want your kids to be ignorant. You know, the Apostle Peter said that you should always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. That's First Peter 3, verse 5. But it's hard to defend that hope, that faith, if we don't know what we are defending the faith against. You know, in a, in a court of law, the defense attorney always wants to know where the prosecutor is coming from. A good defense attorney will anticipate what the prosecutor's arguments are going to be. And make no mistake about it, our faith is being prosecuted in our culture today. If we want our kids to stand firm in the faith, we must help our kids mount a solid defense. We must help them anticipate the arguments that will come against their faith. We must carefully examine those other worldviews that want to, to convict the Christian worldview, and we must prepare our kids for that attack because they are going to get it. We must help them to see that the Christian position is, is sound, logical, reasonable, accurate, defendable, and it is filled with hope and grace and most of all, truth. A few chapters later, Peter tells us to be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We don't want that someone to be our kids. We must be wise to his ways. Jesus told us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's in Matthew 10, verse 16. Isn't that interesting? Jesus tells us to be wise just like our enemy is wise while remaining innocent. I assure you, our enemy knows what we believe, oftentimes better than we do. We don't want our kids to be ignorant because a worldview that is ignorant of other worldviews has a fatal flaw in its foundation. And that kind of faith is a sitting duck for the enemy. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
Reason number four, why you want to teach your kids other worldviews. This is part of our calling as believers. The last words that Jesus gave us before leaving this earth are called the Great Commission. He commissioned us to go out into all the earth and preach the gospel, to preach the good news, to share this incredible message, this, this incredible Christian worldview with the rest of the world. When we prevent our kids from learning about other worldviews, we prevent them from effectively participating in the Great Commission. How is that? Well, you see, the goal of Christianity isn't to get to the end of our lives with just our own faith intact. We are called to make disciples of all people. We are called to reach all of God's children. And you can't do that if you don't know what they believe. The Apostle Paul said, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. That's in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 22 through 23. Now, what Paul meant by that is that he would speak the language of other people and use their their own philosophies and ideas and culture in order to share the Christian faith. In other words, he used their worldview to communicate the Christian faith. Worldview. That is why he spoke to the people who lived in Athens about this, this altar they had to an unknown God. It was in Acts chapter 17. So the Athenian people, they had this, this altar. It was inscribed to, it said, an unknown God because they had like, you know, a God for absolutely everything, but they didn't want to accidentally leave out a God. You know, you wouldn't want to do that, right? So this was quite literally a cover your tail kind of altar. Okay, so Paul used what they already acknowledged that that maybe just maybe maybe we left out a God to share with them about the God that they did leave out the God above every God. He used their culture and their worldview, their beliefs to share with them the Christian faith and the Christian God. We want our kids to be prepared to do just that. But they can't do that if they don't know what other people believe, if they haven't examined other ways of thinking, other cultures, and other worldviews. And finally, reason number five, why you should teach your kids other worldviews. It will build your kids' trust in you. Yep. It will build your kids' trust in you when you show them that you aren't afraid of them learning about other worldviews and other faiths and other ideologies, that you aren't afraid of them doing some some comparison shopping. We don't want to be that high-pressure salesman when it comes to our kids' faith or or anything, really. I cannot stand a high-pressure salesman. I think I think I made that clear. And as parents, this oh, this is so important. As parents, we want to remain an open door. We want our kids to know that they can come to us with their confusion and their, their doubts, that we are a safe place for our kids to have those conversations. Because when they get out on their own, they are going to have those conversations with someone. I would like one of those someones to be me and my husband. I, I want to be on that list. If your kids know that you aren't afraid of their questions and you won't condemn them for their doubts and that you're just not going to freak out, 
they are far more likely to ask you to to seek your advice, to come to you with their questions and doubts. They are more likely to keep that door open. And if your kids do come to you with some serious questions, some (laughs) disturbing questions, don't freak out. Stay calm. Stay confident. Ask clarifying questions. If you don't have the answers they are looking for, that's okay. Say, you know, you know, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to, I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to get back to you. And then look into it and pray about it and get back to them. Have another discussion. You don't have to have it all figured out just yet. Ultimately, Our kids have to wrestle through these issues and choose the faith themselves. That process isn't always pretty. You know, it wasn't always pretty with me either, and probably with you. We want to remain, as much as we can, an open door during that wrestling period. Some of our kids may wander farther than others, and that may not have anything to do with you or your parenting or how well you taught them. You know, I I shared those statistics in previous episodes about how in the first two years of college, most studies show that 44 to 48% of Christian kids leave the faith and never return. You know, I'm hoping to change those statistics I hope you are too. I hope that we're in this fight together. But I don't really think the leaving the faith is the biggest problem. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) We'd all prefer that they didn't leave. But you see, the leaving just shows that they are wrestling. The biggest problem is the not returning. And those statistics show that that 52 to 56% are returning. They are checking out other worldviews and other faiths. They are wrestling with this and they are realizing that the Christian faith is true. Now, obviously, we want that fall-off rate to be a lot smaller and that return rate to be a lot larger. And our preparation and their spiritual foundation has a lot to do with those statistics. Because you see, those kids who, who leave can't have that epiphany that the Christian faith is true if they don't have the right foundation in the first place. Build that foundation for your kid's faith, knowing that the storms will come, but that with your diligent teaching and with your, your spirit-led conversations, with your open-door policy, and with your fervent prayer, that the foundation you helped build in their lives will stand. So to give a very brief recap here, this is why we as Christian parents want to share other world views with our kids. One, we don't want to present the Christian faith like a cult or like our culture. Christianity is about freedom, even the freedom to believe and practice a lie. So we want to preserve that freedom, confident that the truth will prevail. Number two, your kids are going to come in contact with false worldviews with or without you. Choose with you. Number three, you don't want your kids to be ignorant. An ignorant faith is a weak faith. The Christian faith can and will stand up to rigorous inquiry and that resistance builds strength. Number four, we need to understand other faiths and worldviews in order to complete the great commission to help others come to faith in Christ Jesus. And finally, number five, it will build your kids' trust in you. You don't want to be a high-pressure salesman when it comes to your kids' faith because you don't want your kids to have buyer's remorse. You want your kids to trust you and to keep that door of communication open. 
I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast where we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and, and sharing it on social media and, I don't know, maybe maybe print out a life-size copy of my podcast cover to put in your guest bathroom? You know, captive audience is like a really good thing, and it would be a great conversation starter. <laughs> you know, just a, just a thought. And be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Catherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.